Matthew chapter 22. We're going to be reading a parable that Jesus gave towards the end of His life. Matthew chapter 22. We're going to be reading verses 1 through 10. And I ask that we read this responsively together. And I ask that we all stand for the reading of God's Word. Matthew chapter 22, verse 1. And Jesus answered and spake unto them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king which made a marriage for his son and sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding, and they would not come. Again he sent forth other servants, saying, Tell them which are bidden, Behold, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fatlings are killed, and all things are ready. Come unto the marriage. But they made light of it, and went their ways, one to his farm, another to his merchandise. And the remnant took his servants and entreated them spitefully and slew them. But when the king heard thereof, he was wroth. He sent forth his armies and destroyed those murderers and burned up their city. Then saith he to his servants, The wedding is ready, but they which were bidden were not worthy. Go ye therefore into the highways, and as many as ye shall find, bid to the marriage. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all as many as they found, both bad and good, and the wedding was furnished with guests. And let's pray. Fathers, we ask that Thou hast blessed the reading of Thy Word and then the preaching to come and the way that we hear it. And I ask that Thou hast blessed and received glory and pray for the Holy Spirit to be upon each and every soul here today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. One of the hallmarks of life for anyone is your wedding day. I think uh, girls dream about it and boys dread it. But you know, that's not necessarily true. I, I mean, no, that's not true. Well, boys may dread it, but when men, men love it. Because the Bible says you rejoice as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber on his wedding day. It's supposed to be one of the greatest days of your life. I can remember Jessica Tower was a niece of mine. She was going to get married and she was calling me daily with questions, ideas, thoughts. She's always coming up with new ideas and thoughts. She wanted everything to be perfect. She's asking me questions about things that, uh, well, the wedding, wedding coordinator ought to be doing these. The decorator ought to be doing it. She wanted everything perfect. And uh, you know, it was good, though. She asked about the guests coming, the food, the, the venue, everything. She wanted everything to be perfect for that very special day. Now, People get married in many different ways, but you have to, if you have any sense at all, you'd have to say that was a very special day for me. One of the biggest in my life was the wedding day. Now, we have a couple here today. It's their one-year anniversary. They made it through a year. Tribulation period seven years long. So you got six more to glory. No, y'all are doing really well, and we thank God for that. But, so... Think about the wedding day. There's an event coming. It's the event 
of history. This is the biggest event in the history of the world. It's called the Marriage Supper of the Lamb. The Bible says that God is preparing a marriage for His Son and it comes in the form of a supper. The venue will be set. I'm not going to go into all the details of this parable and the, the dispensational aspects of it, but it's full. But let me say, there's a big event coming. This is what it is. God is making a marriage for His Son. This is the Son where He said, He's my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. This is the event of history. This will be an extravaganza like none other's ever been seen in the history of the world. You realize the wealth of the universe will be there to make this the greatest time that the world's ever seen. The celebration will be so loud it'll be heard ring through the, the universe, heaven and earth, because this is the one marriage for the only begotten Son of God with His only bride, the church of the one body, all coming together in unity. And God wants to celebrate for it. And this is interesting. God says, I want to celebrate it. I'm inviting all to attend, both good and bad. Will you come? The invitation for the wedding is there, the groom. Now, who is the groom? He's the Lord of glory, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I've always loved these verses in Psalm 24. Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Even lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. His name is the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He's the one with the Bible says that all of us have to do with Him. What will you do with Jesus Christ? He's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's our great Savior. It says in Psalm chapter 2, the Bible says you better kiss the Son lest he be angry with thee. God commands us to put our, all our attention on the Son of God, to love Him, to serve Him, to bow before Him, to kiss Him, to adore Him, to give Him life. He is the one that will be standing there at that marriage. Now, who's the bride? The Bible says it's the church of the one body. We are the bride of Christ. This would compose all of those who have received the invitation to come to Jesus Christ and the blood-washed saints. We've been speaking about the blood. The blood-washed saints who have been born of the Spirit and live unto Him, they will be the bride if you're saved today and you're a member of the one body. You'll be there. And you'll be there for Him. What's interesting about this wedding compared to American weddings is American weddings is all focus seems to be on the bride. God's Son, He gets all the glory and she's given glory unto Him. Right. Now, He claims us for His own. There's an eternal connection between Christ and His church, His true church. I'm not talking about those who show up to church. I'm not talking about those who join a local church. We're not talking about those who attend every once in a while. We're talking about those who have put their faith in Christ and have been born again. And the Bible says now we're joined unto Him yes, right. in right. one spirit. Right. Now, the ceremony is coming soon. This is big. God says, 
I'm having a marriage for my son. Now, of all the things you do in your life, you better make plans for this one. This one, don't say, oh, I have prearranged uh, duties. No, you better scratch those and make sure you get to the marriage supper of the Lamb. You better make sure you're there. The celebration, basically the ceremony will be in heaven and then the celebration afterwards, probably on earth. The Bible does not specify where it will be. But this will be a who's who of all people. That's right. A who's who. You think about it. The greatest people that ever lived will be there. All the holiest of angels will be there. This is something you don't want to miss. This is the marriage supper of the Lamb. All the great ones throughout the ages. The saints of God. Those who call themselves the saints of God. The Bible says they are chosen. They are faithful. They are there for Him. And guess what? We showed up. We showed up. If you're saved, you're going to be there. The Lord of hosts will be coming off a great victory. The Bible says when Jesus gets... If you, if you read Psalm 45, I love it because when Jesus is there at the ceremony, He's got His sword girded on His side. This is that sword that will be bathed in heaven because He's going down to earth and He's going to fight the battle of Armageddon and He's going to take back the earth from Satan and the Antichrist and His forces. And all, him, all men. Jesus will just be coming off the greatest victory of battle. Now it's time for the wedding. Now it's time to set things in order for a thousand year reign of Jesus Christ where He will rule and reign on this earth and the saints will reign with them. This is great. A thousand years will be about to take place, but first, we're going to have a wedding. We're going to have a wedding. Now, He told them, in this parable, He says, I'm going to send out some runners. Send out My servants. Go and bid them to this one-time event. I want my house full. Bid everyone to come to the great wedding that I have planned for my beloved son. And so the message is very simple. Please come. Please come. Will you come? Will you come? It's extended. So throughout history, men have been inviting people to come. Men have been and women have been invited to come to attend this once in an eternity event. God's son's only getting married once. Amen? Amen. Now, we don't know what else God will be doing throughout all of history, but we know one thing for sure. God's getting... His son is going to take a bride, and we are betrothed unto Him right now, and this is a big event. You know, you're invited to a wedding. You're invited to a wedding that will be held soon. We are the bride. Christ is the groom with the crown to wear and the long white robe will walk down the aisle made of pure gold. What is your answer? How will you respond? The groom is asking the bride to come and the supper will be in heaven. Our new home 
above. It's a wedding invitation. He's sending with love. Amen. Not only for us, for all. Christ is receiving His beloved ones to Himself. And this is a public declaration. And what is He saying? She's my chosen. Forever. And she is mine. And so the call goes out. And the gospel is preached. It started through Jesus' disciples when they crossed over to the uh, nation of Israel and went through all cities of Israel preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And all are bidden to come. Now, we'll get to this in a minute. They rejected. They refused to come. This is interesting. Look at verse 3. You think, I can't miss this one. Well, look at verse 3. He sent forth His servants to call them were bidden to the wedding, and they would not come. I remember Jesus in Matthew 23 saying, I called out unto you, and I would have given you everything, O Jerusalem. I would have gathered you as a hen gathers her chicks. I would have been the great God and Savior and provider for you through the annals of history. I would, but you would not. You would not come. It was a flat-out refusal. <clears throat> we will not come. It'd be like saying, we won't be attending that one. We're not coming. Don't offer again. We don't want to attend. We want nothing to do with your son. Got to the point to where they had him crucified and said, let his blood be on our hands and on our children's hands. This is Israel in her rejection of their Messiah. She rejected the God who sent His Son because they rejected the Son of God. So, I love it in verse 4. It says, it tends, He sends forth other servants. He says, go out again. Tell them which are uh, bidden, behold, I prepared my dinner. I've got the best dinner you've ever tasted. I've been, provide, I've been preparing this for millennia. I've been preparing. This is the greatest event in the history of the world. Please, all is prepared. You know when you read the book of Proverbs, it talks about wisdom being a woman and that she's wise and she's ready and she's calling out to everyone and saying, which I have the greatest. If you'll come to me, you'll have the greatest life you've ever had. Wisdom. If you will come live the life of wisdom. It's all available. So she's crying out in all the city courses everywhere. Come to me. I've got my, my, like it says here, I've got my fatling calf already butchered and ready to go. I've mingled my drinks, the best mingled drinks and spiced drinks you can imagine. The greatest meal is right here available. Even the simple can come. Even the sinner can come. Will you please come? And so few show up. So few show up. But all was prepared. So let's look here for some reasons. Now, is, is, think about this. Is there a good reason to skip something like this? We always ask people, are you going to reject the Son of God knowing you're going to go to hell without Him? Why would you do such a thing? This is the greatest deal ever offered. Well, what are the reasons for not receiving this invitation? Look here in chapter 22. First of all, it's rebellion. Rebellion. They would not come. You know, there's some people 
they're just going to outright say it. I refuse to come. I don't want to come. I don't want heaven. I don't want God. I don't want anything to do with God. I don't want His Son. I am against everything God wants. And they live their life as a, as a result. Some men want to be at odds with God. Some men want to have animosity at God. Some men are bitter at God. And blaming Him for their lot in life and their predicaments in their life and they don't want God, they're bitter, they're proud, they're evil. They have ought against Him. You know, it's almost a point where they say, why would I want to go to that? You hear this from people even though they don't outright say it. Why would I want that? I don't want God. And the answer they say, they sent out the, listen, they sent out the servants. Bid them to this. I want my house full. I want every seat taken up. Well, tell him I won't come. That's your first answer. I will not come. What's the second answer? Let's look. Look at verse 5. But they made light of it. They made light of it. You know, some people make light of everything that God is telling us to do. They make fun of it. I've been laughed at multiple times. Uh, it's just not that important to them. It's a light thing. This, you know, this is insignificant to me. A lot of people feel that way about God and His Son. It's very insignificant. I just don't value Him enough to put a lot of my life... I don't think I want to plan to do that. No, i got too much else going on. And I don't think I'm going to value... They don't even value heaven. They don't value God's Son. Oh, but wait a minute. But here on earth, I've got so much to do. And there's so much urgency. To, you know, you see people all the time. They're urgent about certain matters of life. But they're very flippant about the one urgent matter of their soul with their God. And what are they going to do about it when they die? They're very, they, they make light of it. They just keep putting it to the side. They would say, I don't have time for that. I'm cooking. How many times have you heard that when you're out talking to folks? I don't have time for that. We just sat down to eat a meal. Making light of the greatest event in the history. How about that one about somebody said, I don't know how they did it. They said, I'm showering. Well, you're at the door talking to me right now. Uh, you're not showering. What was the big one? I'm making cookies. Pies. That one will always be remembered. I can't come. Tell him I can't come. I'm making pies and I want the best pie I've ever made for my family. Yeah, you're missing out on the greatest event in the history of the world. So you can make a pie, which you can make any time. You know, the Bible says, Jesus said, when you go to someone's door, or actually go to their whole city, and you give them the opportunity to be saved, and they reject, and you find not the Son of Peace there. He says, you walk away, what did He tell us to do? It's very belittling, hard to do. Knock the dust off of your feet. But He also said, you better tell them one thing. I want you to know the kingdom of God came nigh to you today. You were that close! You got the offer. You got the track in your hand. before. And, and you know, how many of them they just wad up or discard? So sad. Making light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
I can't come. I'm on my way to the store. How many times has that one been said? I'm on my way to the store. I can't come. We've got a trip planned. I can't come. I have my family in. Hey, you would think. You mean to tell me? You're here to tell me I get to go invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb and I get, I get, I'm, in, you're, I'm getting invited to go to heaven? Well, I've got my family here from Alabama. Hey, y'all come out and hear this. Yeah. It's the opposite. It's, I got my family here. I can't hear that right now. You know how sad it is? One time I was soul winning in Chicago. This fella, he was in jail. He asked me to go visit his family for him. Took us, we didn't have the GPS in the phone back then. Took hours to find it. I mean, we went, we were way up in there. Took, and I said, Well, I gave this guy my word. I'm going. When I knocked on the door, the lady saw me and said, You wait a minute. You just wait right there. And in Chicago houses are strange because to get in, you know, most of them you got to go up a hallway and a stairway to get to the house up top. So I'm waiting. She comes back down in about 10 minutes and says, I want you to come in now. I walk up there, walk in. She invited the whole building to hear it. I mean, there were people ever, most all of her family, and I just stood there and preached the gospel, and I, I hope some of them took the invitation. We'll find out in heaven someday. They live so far away from me, I don't know what happened to those folks. You would think, I want everybody to get this. Can I bring a friend? Can I bring my family? You mean this is not only for me? You mean there's room even for my little brother? You mean there's room for even my cousin that I can't stand? You're serious. No. You know what they say instead? Would you please quit wasting my time? My time's so valuable. How many times has that happened to us? So sad. I'm so... And we who are in Christ, we think, what's wrong with you? You don't even think about life after death. You're too busy living on this earth to even think about life after death. And even as they get older and older, they still put it to the side and make light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm here to say, you have to take God seriously. Amen. He's God. He's, you have to take His Son very seriously. Right. You must want it when He moves on you with His Spirit. Amen. Too busy living. You know, He's given the greatest opportunity that a person can ever have. So let me ask you this morning before we move on. Do you value God? Do you value His Son? How much do you value the Son of God? Do you value your own soul? I hope so. Now, uh, there's so many people who say, I'll figure it out down the line. You know how many of them have told me? I don't even want to know right now. Any, I don't want that RSVP card where I know I've got a seat. I'll just figure when I get there, there may be room down the line. It, it, that's how people live. It's so sad. You know why? They make light of it. It, matter, it doesn't matter to them. They have too much other things going on, which brings me to my third point, and it's very similar. Why would you reject such a great opportunity and an invitation to come to the marriage supper of the Lamb? They start making excuses why they can't respond. They start making excuses why I cannot make that decision. And what does it say right here? It says, 
In verse 5, they made light of it and went their ways. Boy, isn't that it? I've got my way. I've got to do what I do. I'm going to go to my farm. Another to his merchandise. That's what it says. So what are they saying? I've got to go to my farm. I've got to go to my business. Hey, I have to be at work. I've got to go to work today. I don't have time for that. I am caring about my house. I'm trying to take care of what my, I own. I'm trying to take care of my land. I'm trying to be with my family. I have to make my car payment. I've got to, I've got to figure out my bills. It says my merchandise. My merchandise. You know what that means? I just came back from Walmart and I bought so much stuff I don't remember what I bought. So I'm about I'm gonna put you away and you go away so I can go dump out my bag at Walmart and see what I spent my merchandise. Because that's more important to them. Then the great invitation to come to the marriage supper of the Lamb. I've got to accumulate just a little bit more. You know it's interesting because in Luke 9, we, we go to this passage all the time. In Luke 9, the last verses of the Luke 9, they start giving excuses why they won't follow Christ. And one of them is, I have to provide a comfortable life for my family here on earth. Remember when Jesus said, The Son of Man hath not where to lay his head, the foxes have holes. I don't have anywhere to put my... He's basically saying, you're going to have to give up some comfort to follow me. And they don't want to. They want their my pillow with their sleep number bed, and they don't want to. They won't do it. I want my family to have everything this world has to offer. Well, excuses for not responding to the gospel. They would say, you know, my family's my parents are aged, they're getting older. I'm gonna have to bury my father soon. I'll try to find a time later to come uh, make my reservation. And they're always putting it off. It's what they do. My family is more important than God's Son. So, we've heard every excuse why people won't come. So well, here it is. Some say, I will not come. Make it pretty cut and dry. Others say, I don't want to come. Others would say, I can't come. I'm too busy. And then there's one last point here. Go to the end of the parable. Verse 11. It says, When the king came in to see the guests, he saw there a man which had not on a wedding garment. And he saith unto him, Friend, how camest thou in hither, not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the servants, Bind him hand and foot, and take him away, and cast him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called but few are chosen. Now here you have a man. He tried to sneak in without a reservation. He tried to sneak in without a place. At the end, they're going to try to force it at the end. And now we, there's a lot of this. Who is this man? Probably Satan himself. But who is this man? This is indicative of people who put it off all their life and then at the very end they're going to try to force their way in and sneak in. The opposite way of coming through the Son of God, this is called a crasher, right? They're going to crash the party. They're going to try to crash the wedding. They, didn't get, they did not respond to the invitation. This is one where everybody got the invitation. 
They did not take the invitation, so they waited too long, and now the party's set, or the celebration's set, they're going to try to sneak in there when they don't belong. And guess what? What does it say? Sir, you don't even have on the right attire. You don't belong here. Why? All those are there are going to be washed, the Bible says, dressed in white. You don't belong. Bind this man hand and foot. Cast him into outer darkness. Now, I'm saying this. There's, there's, this is an event. Number one, you better value it. Number two, you better prepare for it and plan your very eternity based upon it. Because what will you do with Jesus? Everyone makes the decision. You better plan. You better have some expectation for it. You know, if you expect this, you know it's coming. It changes your life. You know, hey, I have this great hope. And we're not even talking about heaven. That, that's coming too. We're talking about the marriage supper of the Lamb. And I'm going to be there. When He gets all glory in heaven and in earth, this is the great supper God gave for His Son. Let me give you a couple more points. Look over at verse 8. He's sending out His servants. And He says, Then saith He to His servants, The wedding is ready, but they which were bidden, what? Are they not worthy? You know, you think about it. Originally, God wanted to send, He wanted the Jews to come. He wanted His own people to come. The Bible says He came into His own, right? His own received Him not. These are the ones you expect to come. You know, certain people in life, I expect them to believe. I say, boy, they ought, these people, you know, they, they ought to get it. But they continue to refuse. They are the one you think, well, they're worthy. That person's worthy. They, you think they'd come. No. They are proving that they are unworthy. So the so-called worthy ones are proving themselves to be unworthy. And these are the ones that are normally religious, normally naturally good say they believe not the criminals and the wicked sinners because Jesus said most of the time the wicked sinners are showing up right so these are these are represented by the Pharisees of the time when Jesus gave that but look at verse 10 so those servants went out into the highways and gathered together as many all it says as many as they found both bad and good and the wedding was furnished with guests. So what we find is the unworthy ones showed up. The unworthy ones responded and came. The ones who knew, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm undone and I'm a sinner and I need this. And I want this. And I want the change of life. They proved. So you find that the worthy ones are proven to be unworthy and then the unworthy ones prove themselves to be worthy because they are sinners and they repent and they give glory to God and then they find a belonging with God and His people. I think that's really something. So the religious crowd, and this is Jesus, one of His greatest mysteries, He, he was baffled by the Pharisees. You want a sign from heaven. You keep wanting me to show you sign after sign after sign. He said, I showed you more miracles than any man that's ever lived. But you want a sign. The sign is, you see that publican right there, Matthew, that wicked crook tax collector? His life got changed. He's a saint. He's sitting here at the table with me right now. He wrote the book of Matthew. And you saw the conversion. He gave up all his money. 
He gave up all His life to follow Me. You saw it. But you didn't repent afterwards and say, I want that too. You didn't want it. You saw Mary Magdalene, the woman with the prostitute, seven devils cast out of her. You saw the changed life. You see her following Me and the wonderful new life that she has in the testimony. And rather than saying, that's the greatest, that's the best miracle there is. I want that. I want to get in. And he said, afterwards, you don't repent and follow. Therefore, these unworthy ones are going to come and get in and you're going to be left out. And you're going to see them eating and drinking at the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And you're going to be cast out into everlasting fire and outer darkness because you didn't see the great miracle of the unworthy ones still getting bidden to the call and coming to find their place at the table. The question, will you receive the invitation when you're bidden to come? Or will you find some way to make an excuse? The Bible says, I don't have time. The Bible says in Acts 13.46, Paul is preaching to the Jews. And once again, he says to them, you've proven yourself unworthy of everlasting life because you rejected the Son of God. Two verses later, it says all the Gentiles believed and got saved. And the unworthy ones became the worthy ones by choice. By choice. So, before we end, look at verse 10. So the servants went out into the highways and gathered together all as many as they found, both bad and good. And the wedding was furnished with guests. So it's about the guests, right? God wants the guests. He, he wants it full. My house is full of, of servants. But I want the guests. Oh, I have my bride. You know, I want the guests to show up. It's all about the guest, and I want it first. So the question is, who will show up? Who will value Christ and come? And then in verse 3, He sent forth His servants. So it's about the servants. It's not only about the guests. It's about the servants. Verse 4, again, He sent forth other servants. There it is. It's about the servants. In verse 6, He took the remnant. What did He do? He took his servants and entreated them spitefully. So it's not only about the guests, it's about the servants of God who will serve Him faithfully. And what are these servants doing? They're bidding people to the wedding. They're out passing the message on. They've got their, you know, you say you got your tracks. Those are RSVP cards. Will you fill that out and get? Will you believe? Would you put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and say, "I want to be a part of that"? And it means enough to me that I will put make Him Lord of my life and have faith. Will you do it today? That's the faithful servants, and that's just one aspect of it. Anybody you run into and you're trying to tell them about the Lord Jesus Christ, you're one of these servants. It's all about the guests, but it's all about the servants, the obedient ones who find that God said somebody's got to go out and do it. Right? Somebody has to be faithful. And he tells them to go out in the highways and the hedges and get those that are good and bad. I, I love this. The highways, that's the busy people. Boy, they're just going back. And These are the ones that are going to tell you, though, I don't got time for that. I'm too busy. But you know, you go, he says, 
Hit them with the track as you go by. Preach the gospel to them. And, and stop them in their tracks if you have to. To tell them how to be saved. Go to those that are busy and active and they think life is no better than this. And tell them that they haven't even met life yet. Because they haven't met the Son of God. And then he says, go into the hedges and find those that are hiding out in the world. And they're hedged in. And they're not moving. And their life means nothing. And they're sitting in darkness and they got nothing. Go to both. Get them both. Bring them into the marriage. Be a faithful servant for God. Amen. Be faithful. Who's going to step up and go out for God? He said, pray ye the Lord of the harvest. Right? That He'll send forth laborers into the harvest. And then lastly, verse 1. The first verse we said, or verse 2. I'm sorry, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a certain king which made a marriage for his son. It's all about the son. It's all about the son. Nothing matters but the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. What think you, Jesus? What think you Him? What will you do? Do you realize everything hinges on Jesus Christ? Do you realize your eternity hinges upon you and how you deal with Him and whom you have to do? The Lord Jesus Christ. Can you put away this world and sit still enough to, to accept the invitation? Can you quit being a rebel in your heart and come to Christ? Will you be there? If you don't, you're going to everlasting darkness, right? So, who's going to heed the call? You got two calls here today. You got to be saved, receive the Lord Jesus Christ, or you're going to go out and be a faithful servant and be faithful unto Him because you've already been received. Amen. Did you respond? What will you do with Jesus? Let's bow our heads, please, for a minute. You know, very simple message. Very urgent message. The invitation is real. We are offering real life, which is eternal life. We are offering the opportunity of life, the greatest opportunity of life. What is it? Salvation in a place at God's table. Simple question. Have you responded to the call? and receive Jesus Christ personally. This is cho your choice. No one can make that decision for you. you the, the message is there. The invitation is there. You must make the... Do you have proof? And how do you have proof? Well, I believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that He gave me the Holy Spirit as an earnest to bear witness that I am a child of God and I have my proof my reservation if you don't have that say I just don't know for sure if I've got it I'm, I, this is a day to deal with it and so I still have some doubts most of us are home folk you say I not sure I know what the Bible says but I'm still not sure you ought to find assurance Find assurance. Make thy calling and thy election sure, the Bible says. Now, to those that are 
saved, I just want to ask you, this church is full of great servants, but will you be a faithful servant today and go out and witness for God? Will you find, we have a little, I know it's summertime, there's a little deadness in our soul winning efforts. The vision is gone. The vision needs to be renewed. There needs to be a revival. There needs to be some repentance. You need to say, I'll be one of those faithful servants and go. He said it three times. Servants, go. Go bid them. It's not your job to make them believe. It's your job just to give them a chance. It's your job to hand the gospel out in the best way that you can. Will you be a faithful servant and be a soul winner Maybe some people say, I've never done that. Well, you can commit to doing it and say, I'm joining the ranks of the servants. For God, I will become a soul winner. Some could say, I'm going to recommit my soul winning efforts so that I can be a faithful servant. When we all sit still at that table, how do you want to be when you're there? I was faithful to the one who was so faithful to me. That's what you want to say. I, I was true and faithful unto Him. Anyone who needs to be saved, I'll be standing right here. We'll talk. We'll pray. You can have assurance today. So I want to make sure and solidify my place in the kingdom of God. Anybody who says, I need to recommit myself to be a servant of the Lord. Hit this altar and tell God and mean it. Make a commitment before Him. Amen. Let's pray. Father.